Hi, and welcome to the sixth Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. The theme of today's show is women in transport and automotive. We're going to be hearing from Lalitya Davila, engineer at McLaren's Aviation and branch secretary of the Royal Aeronautical Society in the United Arab Emirates. We also meet Sam Hunsinger, quality inspector at General Motors and mechanical engineering student at the University of Michigan Flint. We will also be hearing from Inesh Santos, Womanthology's associate editor, who's going to be talking us through the written stories in the new issue. Okay, so welcome to the show, Lalitya Devala. Could you remind us about your background and career to date? Okay. Well, hello again. My name is Lalitya Devala. I know that's quite a mouthful. And in fact, most people at work have resorted to calling me Lali. In the UK, I think everybody knows me as just Lali. And I'm an aerospace engineer. I work for a specialist loss-adjusting aviation consultancy. Again, that's another mouthful. But what it means essentially is that whenever an aircraft has an accident or an incident, I work with the air operator and their insurers, and we investigate the technical aspects and help the process of making their insurance claims easier. It's a very niche sector of work, but it's thoroughly exciting and stimulating. And the last time I spoke to Womanthology, I'd only just started in this job with my firm, McLaren's Aviation. So I talked to Fiona about my voluntary position as the UAE branch secretary for the Royal Aeronautical Society. I am still continuing in this role, but now it's on a part-time basis. So at the Royal Aeronautical Society, you seem really super active. So we're connected on LinkedIn and you're forever posting things and it seems you're super active. What's going on there at the moment? Well, the Royal Aeronautical Society in the UAE is 25 years old. Uh, So, you know, we've been running it way before I was on the team. However, you know, now with the digital media and a lot more people connecting with us on LinkedIn, we want to keep it on top of everyone's minds. We want to have people coming into the events. We want to have them apply for membership because this will open them up to a number of benefits. They have access to a network, of course. And if you are a paying member, then you also get career support. And this is particularly useful now in the aviation industry. I'm sure you've seen in the news, hundreds are being made redundant or placed on furlough. So if you are a member of the RAES, then you can reach out to us and say, look, I'm in this kind of a position. Can I have some career support? And you know, there are people who are, it's a dedicated team in the UK. They can review your resume for you. They can help you prepare for interviews. They can even help you look for further jobs with their jobs board. So there are quite a few benefits to being a member of the RAES. And that's what we're trying to promote in the UAE. So Lalitya, you actually grew up in the UAE. Could you tell us about that and how the culture differs from other places? Well, I'm primarily from India. So I grew up, well, I was born in India, but raised in the UAE because my parents had immigrated to the UAE before I did. So I have been fairly shielded from the societal expectations that you'd have if you were growing up in India. And I saw that for myself when I did my engineering studies in India. So I think I spoke to you, Fiona, earlier about this, but in my class of aerospace engineering, 
there were 60 students and only 12 of them were girls. So it was not something women would take up or women were encouraged to take up. However, when it comes to the industry, and this is where my views have perhaps changed over the years a bit, that I'm seeing in our industry that it's more about a professional culture rather than a social culture. So what I mean is if you think about cabin crew, most cabin crew you know are female, you know, and I have known lots of women in operations, finance, legal, they're all women, there's no shortage of women. Where the difference lies are in technical positions like pilots, engineers, you know, any technical roles. So this is where we're seeing the difference. And that particular aspect, I've not seen it differ a lot between the UAE, the UK or India. So where the difference really comes is the fundamentals of STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering and mathematics, where girls across the world are not really encouraged to pursue STEM education. And that puts them at a disadvantage when it comes to occupying technical roles. So that's what I've been seeing in the industry. And so what, what do we need to do to, to get more, more women and, and girls into STEM, would you say? I think there are a number of initiatives being taken by you know, a whole wide range of bodies. There's, especially in aviation, there's Women in Aviation, there's International Association of Women in Aviation, there's the RAES. So basically what they're trying to do is go to schools, target these high school students, and try to encourage within them an element of experiments. So, you know, go to the schools, have them do some science experiments or have them get their hands on with some technology like coding or, you know, building things. And that really helps because it helps students explore what's available to them. And the other thing I've seen are quite a few initiatives are taking your daughter to work sort of schemes. I think that's more common in the UK. So where you take your daughter to work and they can see that you can do these roles, that maybe they'll see that, you know what, I'm also interested in doing this kind of a job and, you know, I'll take these up. And I think womenthology as well helps because you're showcasing women in different fields. So any girls who are reading this magazine who may be in senior school, I think you call it, grade 10, 11, so they may be looking at this magazine and thinking, you know what, that seems like an exciting career opportunity maybe I want to take up those fields so there's a number of things being done and I think it'll just be some time before we start seeing results. So potentially one of the positive outcomes of COVID with this whole work-life blend changing is that girls could actually see a lot more about what these roles are. Yes yes absolutely I agree with you. So in terms of advice for girls and women we've obviously got this situation we've touched upon in the aviation sector where it's been particularly hard hit So if you're looking at future career, it's going to be challenging. So you need to do your research, right? Absolutely. I think if I'm thinking about, you know, future girls coming into aviation, I have two key pieces of advice. And one would be to not be afraid. So what I mean is you may even have to stand up to your own peers who might be saying to you, oh, do you really want to do this? Are you sure you're going to get a job? But if you are really passionate about aviation, I'd suggest that, yes, you stand up to those peers or your friends or your family even. Perhaps in kind of my culture, you definitely have an element of standing up to your family. And then you do what you're passionate about. You get into aviation. Because once you do get in, there's an incredible amount of support available to you. There are a number of professional groups, like I mentioned, RES, IOWA, Women in Aviation. And we're all here 
waiting for us. We'll extend our hand to you and we'll pull you onto the ladder. So if you're passionate about it, go for it. And then once you get go into it and you have this amazing network around you, my second piece of advice would be to improve your communication skills, particularly networking. So make sure you utilize these resources. So that may be things that you practice on every day. You know, you, you figure out how do I email someone senior to me asking for advice? How do I connect to someone new at a conference or an event? In fact, now it's online networking. So you think about how am I going to reach to someone whom I met through a webinar and then continue that conversation going forward? Or how do I keep in touch with all these connections I've made through a webinar? Because, you know, what I've been seeing on webinar is people say, okay, here's my LinkedIn, here's my LinkedIn. And then you click connection request to 30 people whom you'll never speak to again in your life. (laughs) So it's about being strategic and prioritizing then. Absolutely. So, you know, you prioritize your networking skills and your communication skills and utilize those resources around you because there are a number of resources and you just have to be brave and reach out to those networks. That'll help you. Sounds like excellent advice. I suppose, again, on the flip side of things, with obviously all the awful COVID stuff that's happening, but there is so much networking online now, whereas before mm-hmm. you used to quite often physically have to take yourself to the place where the networking was, was, was taking place. But now, actually, there's so much going on online that it's a different skill set. But you could, in, in theory... But people could join in events all around the world if they if they wanted to if they were particularly yes. interested in a particular area. Yes. So, so look at look at looking. We on have the- had that. We recently started our Royal Nautical Society Professional Development Program, and obviously we had to take it online because of the regulations and there's no gatherings allowed yet. So we had to take it online, and for the first time we're having we're having audience coming in from the US. We're having audience coming in from the UK, and it's amazing that technology allows us to do this. Well, but I think as well, that's due to your hard work as well, as I say, because I do see on LinkedIn, you're very active and there's lots of things going on there. And I think you're showing people that there are these, these opportunities there. So thank you for all your hard work in in that respect. It's very much appreciated. My pleasure. Um, I think I've talked talked to the girls about the membership to the Royal Nautical Society. So what I want to, when I talk about my advice to girls, when I say be brave, I don't want to be to someone who just talks. So I'll tell you my own story. Uh, I was a student when I started attending the RES events and I was not organizing anything. I was merely an attendee going to these events. And two things happened for me there. One, a call for a secretary was made. The previous secretary was leaving. And at the time, I didn't have any experience organizing such a, such a program, you know, and the, the lady who was before me, she was a senior manager. So, she, you know, I was a student. But then I thought, you know, I'm, I have a student, I'm a student, I have time on my hands, I'll just apply for the position anyway, and then see where it goes. Thankfully, she interviewed me, and it was a very scary interview, I'll be honest. Um, but I got the draw, and it really has changed my life because I've been exposed to this wide variety of aviation professionals. Possibly I couldn't have been in contact with many of these people if it were not for the RES role. And in one of these events, I met my 2B employer. So he was a speaker at one of the professional development program. And I met him, we took our relationship forward from there. And to date, we continue working together. 
So it's, you never know when these tiny actions will completely change your life. So this is what I mean by being brave. You just have to take that step, even if you don't think you're the right fit, or even if you don't think you have the correct experience for it, you just have to take the step and then see where it goes. So what else have you got coming up? What are you looking forward to? I think I'm excited about all the changes that we may see in the aviation industry due to this pandemic. You know, of course, you must have read that it's, it's very bad right now for the aviation industry. Most airlines have been hit very hard. And of course, economic recovery will be a huge aspect to deal with. But I'm also thinking about what innovations this hard period will bring. You know, we have all increased online shopping. And now we are saying that we all want contactless delivery. So the drone deliveries that were just an idea before, are they going to be the normal faster than we thought of? And urban air mobility, like an air taxi, is another area of much discussion in the industry. As of now, it's really conceptual models. These are personalized small aircraft for one or two people. So maybe this will replace business aviation where they say, you know what, I don't want to go with a number of other people. I want my little air taxi that'll take just me and I'm safe in this bubble. And of course, the move towards digitalization of everything, you know, we've taken our data online, we've put our files online. So how are we going to ensure data security? How are we going to ensure who takes ownership or responsibility for this? And the other thing, as you said, Fiona, we're talking about in terms of gender balance. During the lockdown, I know that most in most countries, men and women were at home, working from home. And this is a step change as to compared to before, where only women would possibly be working from home or had to take on the household responsibilities. And over these few months, I think many couples have learned to share that responsibility equally if, of the household or if any children you may have. So I'm hoping that this will translate into some really meaningful discussions about how we can take this forward. Especially, you know, if you're thinking about women in mid-career, you'll have a lot of people. But as you know, as you go into senior management positions, you'll find those numbers dropping off. And one of the reasons, it's not everything, but one of the reasons, of course, is about managing your household and you have responsibilities that will take you away from work. So perhaps this pandemic and the work from home has given couples an opportunity to really reflect about what they can be doing to support each other and take it forward from there. So there are many, many questions and I'm really looking forward to be part of the answers. Absolutely. Well, and, and as are we as well. So let's, well, it, would it be okay to keep speaking with you about these types of issues moving forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also some of the other podcast episodes, so some of the other people that we've actually spoken with, I think there's, a, there's, there's some real interesting crossover with things they've been saying as well. So if it's okay... Let's let us keep speaking about these issues and uh, Absolutely. See, see what we can do to work together to uh, yeah, move, move these issues forward and just support people. Mm. I'd be happy to contribute. So, Lalit, could you tell us what you do in your job at McLaren's? I started with McLaren's in 2015 and over the years, of course, my role has evolved quite a bit. In the beginning, I was providing technical support to our regional director by reviewing the incident-related data coming from the airline. And as time progressed, I started developing my capability too to be able to review the technical documentation, liaise with the operators if we needed anything else, review the costs associated with repairs to where the components were damaged, and I would assess these and then draw a conclusion as to whether these were reasonable. I also discuss a number of adjustments to these costs, hence that's the term loss adjusting, and then we'll engage with the airline to see their viewpoints and eventually negotiate to a position where I'll 
all parties are reasonably happy. The nature of the work changes every day. No two days are the same. And I get to travel to some really fantastic places which keeps my brain very stimulated and encourages me to stay on my toes, learning more and discovering new aspects. I've been taking the time to reflect and you know it's amazing how much I've learned over the years. Not only in terms of technical understanding, but you know, arguably more importantly, people skills. Lalitya, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You take care and stay safe. Hello everyone. I'm Ines Santos, the Associate Editor for Womanfology, and here I am to tell you all about the new issue, Women in Transport and Automotive. You will read about Ying Wan Lo, a manufacturing engineer at Rolls-Royce Civil Aerospace Division that talks about how exciting engineering can be and how COVID-19 allowed her company to explore what technology has to offer. Ying also hopes to see more women in engineering as diverse role models are really important. Sonia Byers, Chief Executive of Women in Transport, informs us about this network that empowers women working in transport. She also talks about the impact the pandemic had on gender balance in the industry and how they are liaising with the government to discuss how women are underrepresented in the transport sector. Also, Rachel Morris, a principal engineer at Lang O'Rourke, talks to us about achieving gender balance in STEM by equalizing everyone and sharing opportunity fairly. She also answers the question, is gender balance easier to achieve when work is done on site rather than online? Alexandra Siriani is a manager at Deloitte and also part of the company's Women at the Wheel initiative and she shares with us how this community that is dedicated to increasing gender balance in automotive industry leaders is growing. She also talks about their 2020 Women in Automotive study, which explores views on the retention and advancement of women working in the automotive industry. Louise Joyce from Arnold Clark talks about the role of women as purchases of cars, as well as the importance of having a diverse sales force. Pauline Dawes, Managing Director of Somi Trailers, gives us a recap about her company, Somi, and her plans to expand internationally. She also informs us about the importance of moving to a low-carbon economy and reducing carbon emissions. Finally, Leah Ditton, who has just set a record time rowing solo from San Francisco to Hawaii in 86 days, tells us about her adventure and why she decided to do it. Do check out our website www.womanofology.co.uk to read the full stories. And that is all for me. Welcome to the Womanology podcast, Sam Hunsinger. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, Fiona. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Isn't the, the virtual world fantastic? It's excellent, isn't it? I would love to say we're talking over this because of COVID, but it's really not. <laughs> it's really 
we are quite far away from each other at the moment. Tell me whereabouts you are in the States. I am in Michigan, which is northeast in the States is how I would say it. Surrounded by a bunch of water. There are two peninsulas. It's excellent. <laughs> it's, yeah, northeast. So we're, we're right on the border of Canada. Okay. I'm okay. about an hour away from Canada, really. <laughs> okay. So a beautiful part of the world then. Oh, excellent. Magnificent. Absolutely, yes. Well, welcome to the to the show. So, um, Sam, please, can you tell us about your educational background and your career to date? Absolutely. So, currently, I am a senior at the University of Michigan. Um, I'm majoring in mechanical engineering, which I love. Um, I chose it. I, I've always been super creative. I've always liked to fix things. I've always been very a very detailed person, and I use it every single day in in school. My career, currently I work at General Motors. I would love to say that I work on vehicles. However, at the moment, due to COVID um, and the pandemic that hit, internships came were hard to come by. Um, but GM, I'm part of Project M, which is actually their mass producing ventilators. And the, specifically what I work on is face masks. So I am a quality inspector. Yes, so they are mass-producing face masks that go to hospitals, they go to public schools. We recently made smaller face masks for children that went out to a bunch of public schools at the start of, the, at the start of school. Um, but I go through and I check face masks every single day that I'm at work, um, which is so exciting because it goes, it's, I think it shows that just because we're in, like, I'm an engineering major, but I still have something to contribute to something like a, like a crisis like COVID-19. Um, but I love it. Every I'm a perfectionist to the T, and I use that. Quality is fantastic because I use it every single day. So <laughs> hopefully going forward, I love aerospace. I love rockets. Uh, Career-wise, I would hope to go into that someday. So we'll We'll see where GM takes me and we'll see where the rest of my schooling takes me. But that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Fantastic. And I didn't even know you were super interesting before. And I didn't <laughs> even know about all the COVID stuff as well. How, <laughs> how amazing is that? And really rewarding as well. It must be like super satisfying, as you say, to know that you're making a difference. Absolutely. I mean, every day there's been, it's third shift that I work and over the summer and it's, Every single morning when I walk out of work, it's like, wow, we just made 50,000 masks in an eight-hour shift. And we just, I mean, the production is constant. It's 24 hours going, 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 going. But to walk out knowing that there is 50,000 people who get a mask that you checked, that you made sure they're okay wearing that mask is, it's a really rewarding feeling. It really, it's a warm, I like to call them warm fuzzies. It's just a, it's like a happy emotion that comes over you knowing that you're making such an impact like that especially during a time like this it's amazing the way they're able to pivot production though like that how how clever is that the fact that they can even do that it apparently from what i've heard it went from an idea on a powerpoint to full production within a week which i think is amazing i think that's crazy and being an engineer yes it is not anything necessarily that people would consider engineering related, but it's, it is, I, I like to think it is. I've learned a lot already this summer and I, I, with continuing to work there during, even during school, starting back up. It's incredible because 
I always hear about ways that the economics go into engineering that I never realized. I always hear about um, how assembly lines work, but I've never seen one until this job. I think it's a once in a lifetime thing. And I think you can always look back and say, I was part of that. I didn't just sit there. I actually made a difference. I I think it's an incredible thing. Thank you, Fiona. I I couldn't agree more. I I mean, I'd like to think that the pandemic is something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know how I'd feel if I said I just sat there and didn't do anything about it. (laughs) You know, saying that I worked 40 hours a week for almost a year working on even just something as simple as producing face masks is incredible. Yeah, but, but I don't think they're even that simple, are they? To the people that need them, that's, they're not terribly no. simple at all. So, oh. <laughs> so. No, to me, I see so many every single day and I wear one every single day. I mean, we all wear one every single day right now. But <laughs> I see them every single day in such mass amounts that it doesn't, it got to a point working there where it didn't so much phase me anymore. And I was like, oh yeah, it's a face mask and no, no big deal kind of thing. But it's, that might be the one face mask that somebody ever gets that they have to use every single day because that's the only one they ever come across. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how one face mask, even like I said, we can produce up to 50,000 in an eight hour shift Mm -hmm. and how one of that 50,000 could be the one that really changes it for somebody. So how we actually came to connect was you uh, posted on LinkedIn a few weeks ago about a reaction that you got when uh, you were, uh, yes, fixing a car. Can can you tell us about what happened? (laughs) Oh, Fiona, absolutely. So let me just start by saying, starting with the reason I posted in the first place. I never intended for it to get the reaction that it got. Currently, last time I checked, there was 240,000 views on the post, which was insane to me. I have met so many people due to that post. I have connected with so many amazing individuals that I never, ever thought that I would ever come into contact with because I posted what I posted. So to kind of get into that, I in my post, I was... It was a picture that my brother had taken. I didn't know he had taken it. I just heard the camera click, and I was like, did you just take a picture of me? I was like, why did you do that? And he was like, no, I'm just proud of you. He's my little brother. He's like, I'm proud of you for working on your car. And I just kind of didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what you're going to do with that picture, but all right. Little did I know, I was thinking about it later, and I was just kind of wondering, I was like, why is he so amazed? I've always changed my oil. I've always, you know, done this myself. I'm like, why is he all of a sudden amazed by it? And then I kind of thought, I was like, if he's my little brother and he's still amazed by it, that's A, I'm not okay with that. He shouldn't be amazed. It was more he was amazed at the fact that I was a female doing it. My dad works on his car every day and that he doesn't have the same reaction. And it was more of a... Eric was proud of his sister, my younger brother, Eric, he was proud of his sister working on his car. And it just didn't really sit well with me. Why? Because I'm a girl. Is is he proud of me? He wouldn't say he's proud of his buddy for working on their car. He wouldn't say he's proud of my grampy for working on his car. So it just kind of hit me different. And then I started to think, and I was like, you know, I've gone into auto parts stores before, before to buy parts even for this job right for the job that I did and 
I, my dad and my brother have warned me before. They've said, you know, make sure they don't upsell you because they're going to try because you're a girl. I'm like, the fact that you would say that to me before I even go into the parts store is a problem. The fact that there's even that notion that people are going to try to upsell me because I'm a female is a problem. You know, and I've been in the parts stores with my dad and brother and grampy all many times, and I've never seen an auto parts salesman upsell them like they have tried me before. Um, so just kind of realizing what had happened, I asked my brother, I said, can you send me that picture real quick? And he's like, you know, if you still have it, he's like, yeah, why? And I was like, I just, I was, wasn't sure if I was going to post anything. And then I was also in the process of updating my LinkedIn profile. So the, the primary reason I posted <laughs> was to have something technical on my profile. Being a student, I think of it as an online resume in a sense, you know, that's really what LinkedIn is excellent for, for me at the moment. So I was, you know, I can sit in an interview and tell somebody I can work with tools, but you know, I'm a girl, they might not really believe me. And I just kind of, you have this pre-notioned idea that maybe because you're a female, they're not really going to take you seriously, which is horrible. But I didn't even realize it until after I posted. And I was like, wow, I thought that I needed something technical on my profile. That way people take me seriously. So this picture of me working on a car is excellent for that, you know, and I posted it and I just kind of spoke about my experience as honest as I could, you know, and I was like, hey, I, this past couple of weeks, I've ran into some car trouble. My exhaust decided to finally have it in with itself. I got new parts. I jacked my car up by myself. I did it. And that was the picture was me doing my exhaust. Um, I've always changed my own oil. I did my own back brakes actually. And this was all within like a week. I did all these things and I just kind of spoke about it, about how I did it. And then I just, you know, discussed the part stores and how, when I go into a part store, I have a different experience than what my brother and my grampy and you know, male figures in my life have. And then I just kind of spoke about a little bit about how in my family, I come from a very automotive family. My grandpa worked for GM for some time. He was in the UAW. Um, my grampy and dad are always very, they can fix anything, including cars. Anytime I had a car problem, I never went into the mechanic. Like when I was 16, 17, you know, first started driving because my dad would fix my car for me and I would go to the junkyard with them. And I was always really interested in how you do it because what I always saw Fiona was I always saw all the, most of the women in my life relying on their husbands to fix their cars. And just watching my mom and watching my Grammy and watching my grandma and my aunts all rely on their husbands, who can, who very well can do it. I never wanted, I knew from a young age that I never wanted to rely on somebody to fix my car. So it was a lot of that that I spoke about too. And it just, you know, I've had a couple LinkedIn posts before about just, you know, job updates or something simple, but this one took off so crazy quick and it was like like literally I woke up the next morning I mean I've heard of people going viral before and I just they're just like yeah you wake up the next morning and it's like all of a sudden crazy people are freaking out literally how it happened I, I woke up one day and I was like there's all these people trying to connect with me so many people commenting and I 
like I said, I was not expecting that. So you you are a viral sensation now. I never thought anything of it, and then somebody had said something along those lines to me, and I was like, "Am I really? Honestly, am I?" And it just it was so interesting. I've had many, many different reactions. Just reading through comments and between me, people who have reached out to me just in my inbox on LinkedIn. Um, a lot, this warms my heart. Again, it's that warm fuzzies feeling I was talking about. I've had a lot of girls and a lot of women, both my age, some so much older than me who have commented or who have reached out and said, thank you for putting into words what I've experienced and what I've gone through and what I've felt without even talking to me. They're like, I love the fact that you highlighted this because it is an issue that a lot of people don't even recognize. And it's an issue that a lot of people don't recognize, but they don't even realize that they have this stereotype in their head for both men and women. And what a lot of people, I didn't think anything of it again when I said it, but my closing remark on my post was normalize women in you know, men-dominated fields and normalize men in women-dominated fields because it's a problem both ways. And I've had a couple guys reach out to me and say, I'm a graphic designer or I'm a cosmetologist. Thank you for putting that in there. Um, but it's so heartwarming to me to have the females reach out specifically because A, it shows me that it is a problem. And that it is something that I should have acknowledged and I'm happy that I did. But it also is so nice to be that, I don't want to say light, but to be that, to be that kind of model for someone, yeah, yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better term. You know, and I had my, I call her my second mom in my life. Growing up, I met her through a childhood friend. She was my childhood friend's mom. And I met her and she was that for me. And every single day, every single thing I do, Fiona, I think of her. And I think, what would, she, what could I tell her what I did, how I reacted to, this, to the situation? Would she be proud of me? You know, and she was always very against the gender stereotypes. She was always very much, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I always strive to be like that growing up. And it's, it's amazing to think that I might be like that for someone else. Um, just the amount of women who've reached out to me and said thank you is incredible. However, <laughs> on the contrary, there has been a lot of people who have also commented and thankfully but unfortunately proved my point. Yeah. Saying things along the lines of one of my favorite comments personally. <laughs> One individual commented saying it looked posed. Um, they decided that it would, they thought that I had my nails done. I had so my, I was literally laying on my garage floor, you know, and they commented on the fact that I was wearing rings and they would comment on the fact that. Why shouldn't um, you? Right. I, right. Exactly. I don't, I've never seen a man take off his wedding, wedding ring or his rings in general to work on a car. I, my dad never did. My no, never. So 
People had an issue with the fact that I was wearing rings. I have um, this scrunchie, which people thought to be pearls, but it's really just a hair tie. Um, Why are we looking at that? Anyways, that's not even the point, but okay. Um, I had one individual comment saying that they thought I was wearing a nice shirt with an expensive bra. No. Yes. Yes, Fiona. No. Well, because it's on LinkedIn, everybody is is giving you their name while they're making these horrible comments as well. Yes, Uh absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Or I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of men comment saying, yes, I have the same problem. And I said, you don't have the same problem. Mm -hmm. You very well may go into a parts store and have auto repair men try to upsell you. That's their job. They make commission. They're going to try to sell you as much as they can. They're not going to dumb you down because of something you cannot change. You know, it's with that situation, it goes beyond a salesman. It goes into what the person is, which again, that goes back to what my, you know, my grampy and my brother would say when, before I go to a parts store saying, make sure they don't try to upsell you. You know, it ties into that, I believe. Um, Yes, Fiona, the reaction was absolutely magnificent both ways. I was I was very thankful for both the people that resonated with me and that could agree with me. And I was also very thankful for the people, the couple people who proved my point. <laughs> Not in the posting, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe with the parts stores thing, maybe we need better gender balance in the parts stores too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree. So how do we normalize women in male-dominated roles and men in female-dominated roles? What would you do? That's an excellent question, Fiona. Um, I've sat and wondered this myself so much. (laughs) Just being an engineering major, I'm probably one of only a few girls in my classes. Even in high school, I took a couple of engineering courses and I was only one of a couple girls or every every engineering-related team I've been on, like, like extracurricular robotics team or something of the sort. I've been one of the only girls. And even before having the experiences that I have now, that was kind of my insight to it of why am I the only one who's interested in this? Why am I the only one who even has, who even has an interest in it in the first place? Because I know many of my friends who have no interest in what I have, you know, in, with regarding STEM. And I think that it has a lot to do with, maybe this isn't the right term, but for lack of a better term, for systematic gender roles in society. I think that we are brought up thinking both men and women again, thinking we have to act a certain way, thinking we have to look a certain way, thinking that we have to behave a certain way to be, I don't want to say worthy, but to be noticed or to be to be accepted i think that from a young age we are thought you know i grew up and my mom i'm thankful that my mom was very open to a lot of what i wanted to do even though it wasn't necessarily always what you'd think a stereotypical girl would do you know she was i mean i was much more interested in my younger brother's um, legos and much more interested in their train tracks than I was my Barbies some days, you know, (laughs) but my mom was very good at letting me do what I wanted to do. And she was open to the fact that I wasn't too fond of pink. My favorite color when I was little was blue. And 
thankfully I had her and I spoke of my second mom earlier who really showed me that, you know, and I think without those two figures in my life, I don't know that I would be doing what I'm doing. Um, I've done... I've done reports on this in school so far, so I've thought a lot about this, and I do think it comes down to how you're raised, and I think it comes down to your environment extremely. Unfortunately, we are all in the similar environments. I mean, when you walk into a toy store, generally you have the girls' aisle, and then you'll have the boys' aisle, and you things that are used to though. So I'm I'm probably a, a little bit a little bit. A, a, a slightly older uh but they didn't use to that's something that they brought in because they wanted they realized that if they had really pink and really blue stuff then so say if there was a ball and they wanted to and so say there was a little boy and a little girl in the same family they realized they could sell them two balls if they made them think that they needed a blue one and a pink one so it was a it was a marketing thing so it did but it didn't used to be a thing quite so much so i used to like play with lego love lego Loved, oh, yes. uh, loved like um, toy cars and like trains and stuff like that. But um, Lego didn't used to be coloured. It, so it, it, at one point, Lego had gone quite gendered, hadn't it? And it had gone quite pink and quite blue yes. and, or, or, or kind of superheroes. And then there was this kind of pink girly kind of version. But it didn't used to be. It just used to be red, white, yellow, green blocks and, and, and quite generic. So I think they, they have consciously over the past, I don't know, 20 20 or more years, 20, 30 years, it's gone more in that direction, but it's about money. No, I never had realized that before, Fiona. That never clicked to me. That's unfortunate. I mean, it's beneficial for the company, being that they're making more than than they had initially thought. (laughs) However, I would say, even with that, even knowing that now, I think the psychological impact that it has on people is much worse than intended most likely because you see you get little girls i mean myself included when i was younger who think that they need to you know play with barbies or like pink or they think that they need to act a certain way or look a certain way based on media based on what they see on tv based on what in the states what hollywood puts out based on everything like that i think i think getting rid of the stereotypes is what we need I think getting rid of how we are raised is the biggest thing. I think because I, when I was younger, having the people that I had in my life were the biggest impact. Had they not acted the way that they acted when I said, I want to work for NASA someday, had they looked at me and said, mm, why don't you want to be a hair model? You know, I maybe would have changed my mind. Maybe I wouldn't be interested in rockets. Maybe I wouldn't be working at GM right now. Maybe I wouldn't be using my natural knacks and natural talents to do something that's so impactful like engineering. Um, but I think a lot of little girls are stewed away from it. And a lot of little boys are stewed away from it because of what they see on TV commercials and what they see in the stores and how people react when they tell them what they are actually interested in. There's a lovely campaign and they're actually in this, this, well, the, the, what will be the previous issue, but it will, it's the current issue at the moment. Uh, yes. but it's called let toys be toys. And that's all about challenging those stereotypes. Um, so they're yes. challenging the, around the marketing of, of toys it's really really clever and they've got kind of awards and kind of accreditations and then they've got you know this this cohort of really progressive companies that are you know, challenging these stereotypes really really good stuff so um, awesome. i shall i shall try and connect you if that's useful i'll connect you with them that would be very fantastic that would be excellent Fiona. i Let's think it take is- them global 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it also has a lot to do with people being open-minded. I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, both ways you can do what you want to do. And I think it goes into that confidence. I've had a lot of my friends who are girls who haven't gone into something that, they, like, I've had a lot of friends who have been in engineering who've transferred out of engineering with their major because they're, I don't want to say intimidated, but they they think they can't do it, even though they'd probably be the most magnificent engineer in the world. They're, they're, they think they can't do it. Um, and I, I think that's unfortunate because it also goes into what your professors think of you. It goes into what your classmates think of you. And I think if people were, <laughs> this is such, this gets into something much more, but if people were much more open-minded, I don't think we would have half the problem. Even if we were brought up like that, I think if, if people were open-minded and said, yeah, they like to do what they like to do and it is what it is, I don't think there would be half the problem. I think it goes into a lot of personality, <laughs> really. <laughs> so what is your advice to girls and women who are interested in careers in the automotive sector and, and engineering more broadly? Sure, absolutely, Fiona. My advice, I mean, I'm, I'm only 21 years old. I'm still going through it. I think even if I was 50 years old, I would still be going through it. You know, it's it's definitely different to everybody. But with my experience that I have right now, just go for it. And as hard as it is, do what you want to do regardless of what people around you say. I was fortunate enough to have people around me who helped me flourish in that department, but some people don't. And unfortunately, they're not going to be given the resources, but there's, if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> if you want to, you can do anything. And that goes for boys too. I Just everybody in general. If you want to do it, you can do it. And there's nobody stopping you. And I, you're always, another thing that I'd like to put out there is you're always going to have backlash regardless of what you do you're going to have backlash with every single thing you do there's always going to be that one person who doesn't like it but it's about having the confidence in yourself and it's about having the passion for it that I think is going to take you where you need to be and ultimately if you were always just trying to please people you well it's 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 a no, it's a no-win game that isn't it Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's a huge thing, Fiona, is you're always, yeah, you're always going to have that one individual who doesn't like what you do. And if you do the opposite thing, they're still not going to like what you do. So just do what you want to do and call it a day. <laughs> Be yourself is really the biggest thing. Be yourself regardless of what people think of it. Really. I like it. It's good advice for life. Definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, women going into STEM, is such a, and, and again, it's it goes both ways. Boys going into, like I said, cosmetology or something more female-dominated is so rare when it shouldn't be. And I think that has a lot to do with it is they're not, they don't do what they want to do. And they don't, do you know where I'm coming from with this? It's more of a, they aren't necessarily doing what they want to do because they're scared of displacing someone. I think it's just making it safe to just to say, you know what, if this is your choice, then you, you follow that. That's great. But it's giving Absolutely. people that, that, that safety to, to be able to say, yeah, this is what I choose. And yeah, and, and I don't care what anybody else says. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try it and I'm going to see. And Absolutely, Fiona, 100%. One thing that's also important is 
yes, I'm going into STEM as a woman and that's great and all, but I think that it's important in everyday life as well that we ignore, not ignore, but that we recognize gender roles and that we do something about that. Um, for example, one thing that I, that I thought of was <laughs> my wallet. Such a weird thing. Such a weird thing, right? You wouldn't think that your wallet has anything to do with it. But my wallet is, it's a trifold. It fits in my back pocket. It is black. It's leather, but it carries everything I need. And I've had so many people, when I've pulled this out, and they look at me and they say, why do you have a man wallet? And I, I'm, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I just, it's a wallet. It's black. It's leather. It literally holds what I need it to hold, and it's very versatile. I can take it anywhere. But I just, I'd like to highlight on the fact that it's not just in STEM, or it's not just in career options. It's every single thing we do that gender stereotypes are a problem. Or I carry a pocket knife on me everywhere I go. I always have it on my jeans. It's like one of those things that I don't feel put together when I leave my house during the day if I don't have my pocket knife. You know? But there's I've had so many people who have not taken that the right way. And I think, I mean, Fiona, I grew up dancing. I danced, I did ballet, tap, jazz. I wore more makeup than my friends ever did, you know? So I, I'm very versed in what both people would think of manly and womanly. But when I pull out my wallet, why is that a man's wallet? Why is such an inanimate object have such a gender stereotype to it? You know, why? Because I don't like necessarily to wear very, I've always, I've always been anti-pink. I think pink is a beautiful color. It reminds me of cotton candy and sunsets, but I've always liked blue. You know, why Why is there even, I know we spoke earlier about the, the marketing with it, but why is such inanimate objects set to have gender, you know, roles with them even? Um, another thing is with my LinkedIn post, I had a lot of people thinking that I was trying to be quote-unquote, the same as a man? And why is something, this is just a rhetorical question, but why is something as simple as getting a job done with my car? Why is that trying to be the same as a man? Why is it even manly in the first place? Why isn't that just something that needs to be done that I was getting done, you know? Um, and I, I think that's a big question, is what does it mean to be the same as a man? What does it mean to be the same as a woman? What? Why is that even a conception that people have? Why is that even something that people think of? You know, um, I I just, I wanted to throw that in because I wanted it. You can do what you like to do and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I, I wanted to touch on the fact that it goes beyond career. It goes beyond what you do every, it goes into what you do every single day. And unfortunately, the media puts such a, toy on what we think we need to do um but i just wanted yeah i wanted to highlight that it goes into something so much further than a career or so much further than a linkedin post of me working on my car <laughs> yeah, yeah but no i think i i think you're absolutely right and uh it, yeah it is about encouraging people to open their minds and change their frame of reference maybe as well and just to think absolutely. so the next time somebody sees another 
female carrying a wallet or whatever, then the, probably the next person won't won't get any comments. I think it goes into a lot more than just gender, but it's a thing of if you don't accept it, you're frowned upon. Mm-hmm. If you don't accept the fact that women, um, I don't think this, but if you don't, you know, if you, okay, I'll use my personal personal example. I don't wear makeup every day. Again, like I said, I danced. I love makeup. I love the art behind it. I love how you can accentuate different features on your face. I think it's I think it's magnificent, but I don't think that it's necessary. I don't see a lot of I don't see a problem with it either way. And if a, if someone wants to wear makeup, man or woman, if you want to wear makeup, do it. If you don't, don't. You know, there's nothing wrong with it either way, but I think it also goes into why do people feel the authority over others to tell them what they should and shouldn't do? Yes, we will ponder on this. So we're, we're getting through these issues together. <laughs> so what is coming up next for you? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? Well, Fiona, I am, like I said, I'm in my senior year of college. So engineering is indeed at U of M, it's a five-year program. It's very rare that people would graduate at many degrees nowadays in four years. So I still have another school after this, or another year of school after this. Um, I'm really just looking forward <laughs> to getting to work, <laughs> really, <laughs> which sounds interesting. I don't think you hear that a lot, but I, I love what I do. I love to learn. I love. I didn't go into engineering just because I went into it because I enjoy it. And I go to class every day and I go to work every day at GM loving what I do. And I'm really, really excited to broaden that. And I'm really excited to be able to stretch more into that. And I'd mentioned I am very interested in aerospace. And I've always, ever since I was young, my grandpa was a pilot. And from the second he took me up in plane ride, I was like, this is I wanna go into aerospace. This is it. You know, this this is how I am. Um but I, I'm looking forward to how I can dive into that and hoping that I can dive into that. And I'm really excited for what path that might take me on. Um, really just looking forward to getting out of, I love, I love, I love college, but I'm looking forward to, to what comes after and where my career can take me after that. And I think when you've got practical experience as well, when you've got work experience as well, that is such a, such a differentiator. So it, that then allows you to, whatever, whatever choices you make, it, it shows to those people who might be giving you a job. She's tried this. She's got experience. She's got practical experience. She's, she's, she's got those extra skills that other people won't have. So you're doing exactly the right thing. Thank you, Fiona. That's good to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Well, and thank you so much. And so can we keep in touch with you? And will you come back and speak to us again for a future when you're, I don't know, running the running a space program or something like that, or whenever, will you come back and speak with us again? Yeah, and I'd love to. Absolutely. Anytime. Yes, please. Oh, and I'd love to keep in contact. Absolutely. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Sam. So thank you so much. So, um, yeah, so just, yeah, take it and keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you guys as well. I love what you guys do at Ornithology. It's an excellent message that you guys put across that I think more people need to hear. Oh, thank you. And I didn't pay you to say that.
sadly, that's all we have time for for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also subscribe. Your feedback is really important. So please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. That's all for now, but join us in the next episode where we'll be celebrating International Day of the Girl. That's all for now. So take care and stay safe.